We're back with another episode of the Point One Update. I'm Cedric. I'm Michael. And we've got a really exciting show for you today. So Something excited. we've been anticipating since episode one of this podcast. Uh, even though we're both iPhone users, we've always been huge fans of the things Google's up to and just their general influence on uh, the world of tech. So Google had their big press event today for their upcoming products. Uh, their headlining announcement being the Pixel 4 smartphone. Now, I know this is something Michael has had on his radar for quite some time, so yes. I'm actually going to kick it over to him and uh, we'll walk through today's event. All right. Uh, so I watched the pretty much the entire uh, event and the first thing they usually start out with, they have some type of tagline or a tag opener. Mm -hmm. uh, they started off with, we'd like to show you a few things we've been working on. Yeah. And... I think I like the way they do that because they're real calm and subtle and eh, we're just doing some little projects on the side mm -hmm. that are changing the world. Let's just talk about what they are. <laughs> yeah, we're just changing <laughs> so the world. So much confidence, yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you think that that's like the best keynote so, line? I, I think so. Ever. I think it's the most confident. It's, it's very anti-Apple, which has always had this braggadocio sort of attitude. Yeah. We're going like, to shove it down your throat. You're going to take this. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I thought Google was really, really chill. I felt, I thought it was, felt very Google, like the event. And I love that it was only an hour long and they told you right at the front and they were like, for the next hour, this is what we're going to do, what we're sharing. And I mean, I think that's Google's whole mantra is, you know, it's here, take it, don't take it, mm -hmm. but it's really cool. I think you should take it. Um, so yeah, the whole the whole event pretty much felt like that. Um, so I think it makes it, it. You're right. Like it's a different dynamic than Apple. It, it brings a different type of it is. feel to whoever's listening. That I guess to me it makes it that much more interesting. Right. You know, I can actually listen to what you're saying when you're not trying to like shove the marketing. No offense to Apple, mm -hmm. down my throat because they have some good marketing skills. But I, I like the way Google does it and. I'm trying not to put my Google bias in it, but I really do like the way they, no. they advertise. They promote their products in front of you. Now, other, you know, when it's like on TV, maybe not, but while you're sitting there looking at it right. in a conference or something, they really try their hardest to present it and like, oh, this is really cool. You should take it. But you don't have to. You don't <laughs> want to. You can stick with your old, crusty old products if you mm -hmm. want to. So I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, they do a really good job of contrasting with a lot of the other events which feel really stiff and orchestrated and you know manufactured um i've noticed google likes to do their events where there's a lot of natural light mm. i know io is typically outdoors most of the time yeah like at least the last few ones have been in outdoor settings that like giant things. stadium yeah yeah and um this one took place in new york and I'm not entirely sure where they were, but it felt sort of like an amphitheater, sort of outdoors. Um, it felt really light and airy, which also, you know, lends to some of the products that they introduced, which we'll talk a little bit about their sustainability and things like that. But um, it was a stark contrast from the events that we've seen in the past where everything's dark. It's a, it's a theater. Um, Google does a really good job of making things feel lighter. Definitely. But it, I mean, I can definitely see the point in both. One kind of makes you, it forces you to focus on the product that they're talking about. The other mm -hmm. one kind of wants you to take the product and those Google, what's the word? Like they're, they're like, it's more like an invitation of like, yeah. like 
the way they opened, like, we want to show you a few things we've been working on. It's like, welcome. Welcome to our event. We're actually happy you're here. Like, yeah, we're happy you're here. You know, there's light refreshments in the back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, but I know um, the event was something that's been on your radar for such a long time. So long. Yeah. And um, so excited. You know, even though, like, like we said earlier, we're both iPhone users. The Pixel is still really intriguing as a, as a smartphone device and the way it influences the way um, smartphones in general are, um, are trending. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and figure out where is a good place to start with this. So we're definitely going to start with the Pixel. Um, it's a really good phone. Let's start right there. It's a really, really good phone. Um, what I like about it, they didn't try too much to say, hey, this is what Apple's doing. So we're going to try and copy what they're doing. They really tried and to do their own thing. Um, so I think the Pixel comes out sometime. Actually, yeah, it came out on the 15th, right? So I think, I forgot how much it costs, like seven, eight $800. $799. Yeah, so I mean, that's, they're kind of hitting in between, between, I think the, the 11 is like seven something or six something. Uh, so I think they're coming out at, coming in at a good price range. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the features that I really liked, of course, the camera is fantastic. Um, and I'll let you talk about the camera some more. But they had a lot of little gestures that you can do, like you can um like have the phone on the table and just swipe in the air, mm-hmm. and you can swipe apps. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, just swipe songs. Sense. I'm like, oh, that's so revolution. <laughs> like, <laughs> I must have, I have to have that. Yeah. Um, and it comes in, I think, one little new color, like uh, almost orange, um, just black, and like some weird white color that they have a name yeah. for. So yeah, the Pixel. When it, since it came out, well, that, since the second one, they always had like really cool color names. Yeah. Uh, I used to work at a cell phone retail store and I would always get excited to see like the little, it's little things you, you have to make retail life exciting. And so like getting, <laughs> getting the, um, the boxes in and seeing what the, the colors were, were really cool. Like just black and, you know, not blue. And I think, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it a little bit more exciting and more happy and. Uh, like cheerful. It's, it's really cool. Um, like I, if I wasn't an iPhone user, I'd definitely go get a Pixel. Just, you know, I have a Mac, so I can't really, mm-hmm. I don't really want to go do that. Um, so yeah, the Pixel comes in two sizes, the Pixel 4 and the Pixel 4 XL. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The Pixel 4 XL has some, I think that's the one that has the gesture, um, Recognition in the dual row camera. I think all of they all do? of them. Do. Okay, they do. It's a, the only difference in between the two has always been just the size. That is true. Um, right, ignore that. <laughs> but um, the motion sense, it it uses some sort of radar technology. Yeah, it's the, the first phone with like the radar uh, yeah. in the, um, I guess where the you think the bezel would be. Mm-hmm. Um, radar detection. It's it's really really cool. I, I want to go and try it so badly. Like that would make my life so much easier. I don't, I don't even have to touch the phone. That's exactly. the best. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because a lot of their the use cases that they they presented for um, the motion sense are things to to make your your life a little bit easier. Um, it's more of I think they mentioned in in one of the videos that said we want your phone to be polite. Yeah, it, <laughs> like it sort of learns uh, interactions that you have with the device and um, prepares itself for that interaction before the interaction begins. Um, yeah, I think one good example is when um, for the facial recognition, when you start picking up the phone, the camera, the like I'm assuming like the gyroscope or something right. will 
detect that the phone is moving in a certain direction and get itself ready to mm-hmm. take to um, recognize your face, and it's that much faster. Exactly. So. Yeah, it, it already begins that process of the face unlock feature. Um, so that way, by the time you pick up your phone, it's already looking for your face. Yeah. Rather than you picking up the phone, the camera's opening, and then it reads Get a wait. And right. Then have to swipe to open it and mm-hmm. you know, do all that. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I actually read something from today um, on on The Verge, I think, where they mentioned that the face recognition is so fast that they by, completely bypassed the lock screen. If wow. you're using facial recognition so consistently that you you'll actually forget that you have a lock screen. Wow. Okay. Um, that's that's just that's pretty that fast. Said. Yeah. And they did say on stage like this is the fastest facial recognition ever put in a device. Yeah. Which you don't really have a big sample size facial recognition. I've started noticing it. I think around like the Note six, Note seven, seven. and before it blew up, and then the Note eight, they had like iris <laughs> and facial recognition, but. You're really only looking at a three years of sample size. But. Yeah. Let's see. Another oh, another good thing I like, they had the um the built-in voice recording. So if you're doing something like this, you know, it could record and actually transcribe it in real time, which is amazing. It is. Like I, so <laughs> Google that's has really been cool. A master at voice recognition just for a very long time. Yeah. And I think they're using, especially well, throughout the entire talk, they're using the assistant. And they said that the assistant mm-hmm. is like the core of what they're trying to do now. Yeah. Especially in the pixel that pretty much runs the entire thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But their, their assistant is really on point. Uh, well, I definitely want to get back to the assistant in just a minute. But the voice recording with the live transcriptions, um, where was this when I was in school? Right. Because I used voice memos all the time. And I can't tell you how many times. Um, the microphones would just be too ambient and I wouldn't be able to really pick up what the subject was speaking, what was what they were saying. I was able to pick up all the other sounds of people's book bags shuffling or people flipping pages and things like that. But this is really, really accurate. It really is. And I mean, I, I'm pretty calm, 99% confident that like I can stand across the room mm-hmm. and just shout something in a loud and, you know, in a pretty you know, loud room and it can still pick up something and, you know, make it transcribe it right. Right. Because the assistant does that out in already. So they they really, that's really cool. And I think with the announcement of the Pixel, at the same time, you know, you have to talk about Android 10. Um, the Pixel 4 is launching with Android 10. And even though a lot of the things that we're talking about are exclusive to the Pixel 4, I think it really goes into how Google um, making the hardware and the software is able to actually um, manufacture a device that is able to take advantage of all everything, yeah, of even, all of the software, yeah, because like Samsung and some other thing, uh, some other carriers, they don't really, of course, they put a skin on top, so they don't use mm-hmm. the Android platform to its fullest potential, right? Which would make the phone so much better. But anyway, yeah, I really wish they did that. I'm like Android 10 has a lot of good features that some companies just aren't using. But now there's one thing they're not using. Uh, they're not using the virtual reality platform on I, the I Pixel 4. So Daydream yeah. is dead now. Daydream is done. So And I was... I mean, I'm not upset. Because, I mean, it's... Yeah. It, they're, they're, let's, let's not even... They're, they're not good at... They're not the best at that right now. So let's just table that for right now. So 
I was a really big fan of Daydream when it came out. Um, I, I thought, you know, Oculus and all of that, the Gear VR was out at the time. Um, and for some reason, manufacturers were really betting big on VR. Um, I knew that it wasn't really going to take off the way it did. But when the Daydream came out and they came out with like the fabric headset that mm-hmm. was really comfortable and you can place your phone in. You don't need any additional peripherals for it to work. You don't have to plug anything in and it all runs off NFC. I, I thought that was really cool. So I'm kind of sad to see that Daydream support is, um, is it's done. Um, you know, this has not been my month. Everything's getting killed. <laughs> you know, iTunes and, you know, that's, that's just the way things go. But, um, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daydream. I'm interested to see, uh, I think we may have talked about this a little bit the other day, but you know, AR um, is sort of the next, the next, next wave. Thing. Yeah, I think VR was a little too obtrusive. And since you can't actually see outside the goggles, AR being able to incorporate you know, elements into your actual environment would be a little bit that'd better. That'd be cool. Like my company is actually trying to pull in some AR things right now. Nice. Um, so that'd be pretty cool whenever they get that together. Yeah, the um, the keyword for pixel for this seg the segment of the show was helpful. They said helpful at least twenty or thirty times at I least like. um, for every single item that yeah, they showed. They're like, we want to make devices, we want to make equipment that's helpful. Yeah, you know, and Google Google's actually really really helpful with a a lot of their, the main reason I love it. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, they do I, a good job really like it's seamless at this point mm-hmm. if not almost seamless like it's i can go pick up my phone well, if i had a phone i could go <laughs> pick up my pixel yeah and if i had a pixel pixel go or pixel book we'll talk about that in a second mm-hmm. you know in a chromecast if everything was google-fied i would not touch anything right and every just talk and i'd be good you know yeah they, they do they do a really really good job of making sure that you know, like your software, your hardware is pretty much not like you don't even have a phone anymore. Right. It's just kind of you're just talking and. And that's um, that's actually you know, something that they mentioned early in the show was um, they wanted the device to disappear. They wanted to decentralize your tech away from the hardware and making tech and help making help available through thin air. And I thought that was that's a really cool, really great way to like kick off the show. It's like, what what do you mean? And. They they proved it, and so we're actually kind of going backward through the show, starting with the Pixel Four, which is obviously the highlight. And so at the beginning of the show, they lead up to all of the stuff leading up to the Pixel Four. And so starting out with the um, the tech is available through thin air, help is available through thin air. It really sets the scene for what sort of event we're getting into right now. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's something that stood out, and we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later later on. But um, just the fact that they were so key on making sure that the Pixel was helpful, um, I think Google is sort of parlaying their idea of being creepy, their creepiness as being helpful, quote unquote. Yeah, because they uh, said at least like three or four times, we've, you know, earlier this year, at some point this year, we updated our privacy mm -hmm. policy and had a whole statement of what we're going to do, what we're not going to do, and we're adhering to those guidelines. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I mean, so a lot of the stuff we'll get into later, like a lot of the Google Nest stuff, um, particularly the Pixel 4, 
has things built in like motion sense, the radar mm. and a lot of the Google assistant things. And it's, um, I think it's a fair exchange for your privacy and your, your information, as long as they're being responsible with the information that they're getting. From yeah. You. And it, it sounds like they're actually, they're, I mean, I know they were trying before, but they're really trying to make sure that to let us know up front, we're making sure that this is as secure as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean to get off track, but they are using like Titan where mm-hmm. you, to secure your data and you can actually go and um, set how long you want your data to be there and right. it'll clear stuff after a while. And like, you have you have more control than you had before over the data they see, the data you see, and what data is actually there. So they're definitely making some good strides, I think. Definitely. I like that they're actually aware of their perception, their public perception of what people think of Google. Like, oh, you know, Google, they do some really great things, but the way they get that information may not sit well with a lot of people. Yeah. And they're very aware, unlike another company that we've talked about on the show, who just seems <laughs> to be completely oblivious to to their perception uh, against the public. But, yeah. But I mean, um, this is the way Google makes their money. If, you lose, if they lose their trust, mm-hmm. companies tanked. Exactly. So it would behoove them to make sure that we, we trust what they're, what they're doing with our data. So they're going to try everything they can to make sure it's good. And they're doing a good job. Um, but yeah, the Google Assistant got a big overhaul um, on the Pixel 4, particularly. They have a new. UI change a little bit on the, the assistant. Did you get a chance to see some of the new assistant features? I uh, actually didn't. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Google Assistant, um, it's extremely powerful. It's it's really, really powerful. It's almost to the point of like the voice-assisted accessibility settings that you'd find like in a phone where you're able to say, you know, go here, type this, send this. You're able to completely control your phone without... Even having it. to touch it That's through cool. Google Assistant. And it, it's contextual to whichever app you're in. And so you could say, um, you know, pull up Twitter and you know, show me the tweet from, you know, I don't know, Megan. And it'll find the tweet from Megan and open that tweet that you see on the screen. And you could say, you know, reply. And it'll show a keyboard and ask you what you'd like to say. And you can reply to the tweet all from your voice. You're not touching anything on the screen. That's really cool. And it's really neat. And the little demo they did was something similar to that. Um, I don't remember the exact sequence, but she did like six or seven steps on like a workflow, basically with entirely with her voice. Um, And I think that that overhaul for Google Assistant, just bringing it into apps natively and being able to, to see what's and on apps the that aren't Google's. That's like right. new. Yeah. 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 It's able to see what's on the screen and understands context of what's on the screen and what you want assistant to do. Um, I thought that, that was that's really pretty cool. cool. Um, um, let's see. Oh, the, uh, the pixel buds. I got, I got to talk about the pixel buds, Buzz. at first I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. Got the Samsung and the Apple and no oh boy. But when I sat down and listened, I was like, oh, wait, these do something different uh-huh. than, than the others. Like, it's actually, it's hooked up to your phone more than even like AirPods and the iPhone are. Um, you can, of course, Google Assistant, I think, is actually built into the actual AirPod itself. It's not like on the phone. It's in the AirPod. Like, they put the um, AI chip 
in each pod, which I'm like, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, the even like the Bluetooth length, I think they said you can an open air, you can go football length away and it'll still work. I'm like, that is wild. That's incredible. I've got to try that one day. Yeah. And you can be through three rooms away and it'll still work with all the walls and whatnot. I need those buds. Like that's <laughs> that's really, really cool. Um and it has this um volume adjuster, so you don't have to touch your volume at all if you're in a loud room. The volume will go up. And if you go to a quieter room, the volume will adjust down right. based on some AI chip doodah, um, which is really, really cool. I thought so too. I, I think they sold me on those. Like I I definitely, I think they were like 179. Yep, 179. I'd, I'd tack those on. Like, give me those, please. <laughs> I now, think that's definitely a, a must purchase. Now, if, the only thing I'm kind of the sound quality, because of course they always say, oh, it sounds so great. Mm-hmm. Does it? I don't know. I don't know. They seem really confident. Uh, that's the only thing. With, yeah, they've had issues with in the past. Sometimes with their with their speakers, like that was going to sound great, and it's going to have great bass. Then it's just like it sounds like a normal Bluetooth speaker. Like, come on. Yeah, I know that earbuds are tough to get right when it comes to acoustics. Um, if you're really looking for, it, honestly, the 179 tag, you're paying for the technology that's in it, and it's a bonus if they sound good. Yeah. Um, I thought they looked really, really oh, they good. Looked amazing. They were designed just beautifully. Yeah. Um, they kind of give me a little, another reference to Black Mirror. I know they have little headphones in. They're like in the future, like alternate universe, but everyone has these little headphones and it kind of looks like that. And the fact that you can talk to it also lends to the, the Black Mirror theories and things like that in yeah. the future. But um, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of tech packed into these a lot like these buds amazing um i know the first pixel buds came out they weren't a truly wireless headset they had a little cord that connected the two around the back but i was really impressed with the potential that they had there um particularly the feature where if you have the pixel buds and you have a pixel you can use google translate in real time so you could speak in english and you hold your phone out to another um foreign language speaker and your phone would actually translate what you said and speakerphone and give it to them and they would speak into your phone and it would you would hear it in your ear that's why and so that was for me when the original ones came out i was like wow that's amazing like even though these at the time they couldn't compete with the airpods but um i think these really take that next step and um the little charging case actually looks a lot that is like, really cool, yeah. like an AirPods case. But I mean, what else are you going to do with those? Um, but speaking of the case, I think it gives you, it says up to 24 hours of, they'll, they'll stay charged. With, I mean, you'll be able to use them for up to 24 hours if you keep them in the case. If they're outside the case, I think it's like up to five hours, mm-hmm. which isn't bad for all that technology running around in there. Right. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I, I wish they that, came in more colors though. Like if well, they, they matched, just had the, the, they had the white. That's all white. they had. I thought they had like a peach, like a peach color and then like a like a dark gray. I think it's just white. I no. might be wrong. I remember seeing like a bunch of little rocks on the table. So they had this <laughs> little video of um, how they designed the Pixel Buds. They had a lot of videos about design. Which they really did. I mean, we'll too. I mean this yeah, is, they do a good job. I, I'm always impressed with what Google puts together, but they had these little pebbles on the table and then like among the pebbles were the actual head the earbuds and i thought that was kind of cool they had a bunch of different colors 
And I don't know if those were like the final choices, but I think they had like a like a peachy color and like a dark gray and maybe a white. Maybe I only saw the white. Maybe that's what that was. Like a, it was like a stone, like a stone white or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. But um, these Pixel Buds um, sort of build on their last generation. They they focus on what makes AirPods, which in my opinion are the leader of truly wireless headphones. I've said this a bunch of times on the show already, but to me, you're competing with the AirPods. And they take a lot of what makes the AirPods great, like the distance yeah. and the battery life and the charging case. And um, the purpose of these headphones are in particular are to like sort of lock you into their ecosystem because if you can get someone on pixel buds there the integration with the phone um is what makes airpods great with the iphone and things like that if they can get you to buy a set of pixel buds or airpods or uh, galaxy buds then they've got you um, because they're not really going to you're not going to get the full features and value from those headphones unless you have the partner device. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a genius move. Um, first, it all started with getting rid of the headphone jack and so that it builds a need for a wireless pair. And it's it's just a, a sequence and they got us. Yeah. They got us now. I'd, I'd go get it today, but you know, I'm kind of stuck right now. Yeah, you, you, you pulled the trigger pretty quick, even I though know. you knew this was coming. I know. You knew this day was coming. Bad idea. You know, it was a 14-day return period. Yeah. I mean, when they come up with the five, I'll just ditch this one and but the, go, go get the five. The Pixel, for years, even um, back before the Pixel was the Pixel, it was the Nexus. Um, every year, they <laughs> Google, at these Google events, I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to get the Pixel, you know, forget iPhone for like a good week. I'm yeah. like, nah, man, like, this is... This is it. And then for some reason, I still Just have don't. an iPhone. Um, but for me on the Pixel 4, it's checked all the boxes. We haven't even gotten to the camera yet, um, which we'll, we'll dive into a little bit later. I think that's probably one of the most impressive things about the phone. I know that you had some different opinions about it, but I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, because I'm not like, I don't use my camera like that. I use everything else but the camera. So like... Mm-hmm. You you you're, you're the camera guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I really like uh, the Pixel. It's checked everything off on my box, my boxes. Um, it's got a great design, I think, and it comes it comes in orange, which is amazing. I've, I've always wanted an orange phone. I don't know. Like, I would always look for cases that were orange, but they were either too big or like too bulky or whatever, or it wasn't the right orange. But it comes in orange. Another thing is that it has a variable refresh rate, which is something that's available on this iPad that I'm using here for my notes. Um, the iPad gets up to 120 hertz. I think theirs gets up to like 90. Is what I saw. 90 hertz display. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to describe in words. But it, if you see it in person, then you know exactly what the difference is. Um, so basically, a, a 90 hertz display or a variable refresh display will kick in to a higher like frame rate when you're scrolling or doing something that it requires a lot of motion so if you're scrolling through like an article with words on a normal display you're not going to notice anything until you go to a higher refresh rate screen 
and you scroll through it and it's like butter and you can still like follow the words like the words don't blur out um and that's something that i've really really liked on the ipad it just gives that a little bit of a more of a premium feel and i've been waiting for them to to bring it to an iphone since the ipad pros came out and they i i haven't gotten that yet and so that's been on my list of when when will i upgrade i still have an iphone 7 plus and so the things that on my list are the variable refresh. It's got to have a nice design. It's got, it should, I didn't know orange was on my list until I saw the Pixel 4, <laughs> but I, I've always wanted an orange phone. Um, and I need the wide angle and the telephoto lens. And so right now the Pixel 4 checks all of those boxes except for battery life, which they decided to only put in a 2800 milliamp hour battery. Don't know why. On a device that does all of this, to put it in perspective, 2,800 milliamps is not very much. Um, Those are like a phone from two years ago is going to have at least 3,000 milliamps. Yeah, and now it's like 35, 36. That's like the standard. It's 36, 37. You know, I think the iPhone Max has like a 3,800. So I don't know what they were thinking there. Mm unless they've got some sort of power management algorithm built into the Pixel 4 that they felt like it didn't need the help of the, I don't know, the battery. I have no idea. The argument for that is always like, if you have the power management, like why would you shorten the life? Like why wouldn't you just put the industry standard battery in and then get even more battery out of that? So I'm sure they have some great long-winded reason as to why, some design reason or something. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, but the next thing that they came out, that they talked about was the Pixelbook Go, um, yeah. which was pretty darn cool, if I don't say so myself. Um, it's not like a completely new like laptop. It's just kind of, at least from what I read, a, um, a lot of fixes to what the Pixelbook, a lot of bugs, a lot of fixes to the bugs of the Pixelbook. Um, and just making it more laptop focused instead of like hybrid focused this time. Like a two in one. Yeah. Um, it's the thinnest and the lightest and blah, 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 blah. Uh, is what they said. I think it comes in 64, 156, and 256 gigabytes okay. this time. Um, it has these little ridges on the end, yeah. on the bottom, where it's, so like, it's a like a gripper. Wavy grip. Yeah. yeah. I don't really like that. It looks funky. I just, mm-mm. I think it looks really cool. Like it reminds me of the old uh, MacBooks that had the rubber bottoms at the the bottom. But, but they're riches. Like I think it's cool. What? Okay. Like it's probably gonna be. I don't know. Like taking it to class, you can like strum it. <laughs> I don't know. But it's a design choice. We talked about differentiating yourself from. Yeah, like, but like, don't make it ugly. It's not ugly. <laughs> okay. Well, personal, I think it's personal cool. opinion. Personal uh, opinion. <laughs> <laughs> don't make it look bad. Yeah. I could see it's, it's, it's certainly, it's, it's new. It's like, oh, it's a taste decision when it comes to that. Like you said, I have to get it in like the right color. That little, that thing that comes in gray, some type of pinkish salmon color and mm-hmm. black. Right. I, I go for like gray or black, not getting the, the salmon pink. Yeah, I think that one's called not pink. Yeah. It comes in black. It comes in just black or not pink. That's, that's pink the name of the color. color. Does it? 
At least I see another color right oh, here. Oh, really? But I think on the demo or in the in the talk, it was just those two colors. But they're only doing black right now. They'll do not pink later. Okay. Um, but just black is the only one that's out at the moment. Um, the screen resolution is good. It goes up to 4K. So that's mm-hmm. I'm surprised they were able to pack that in there. Um, what else? It comes out November 15th. It's the price is not bad. It starts at six forty nine and goes up to fourteen hundred. Which I mean, wow. That's, I mean, but for a Chromebook, yeah. Oh my, <laughs> no. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's been a while. I mean, I'll, it's been a while since I used Chrome OS. So but I, but I, Chrome I is Chrome is Chrome. Chrome has not changed. It's Chrome. Like it's not. Uh, you got to, you got Chrome. You got Calendar. You got Gmail. And your, you know, your G Suite stuff. That's pretty much it. It's not, you know. I heard it. It runs Android apps now, which it which does. could it help does. it a little bit when it comes because people are going to develop Android apps forever. It seems like, and it's going to be easy to like port them in. And no, I I can't wait till the day when they can actually make like a robust laptop that I can develop Android apps on and it not melt. Right, like they need to, they need to come up with that because mm-hmm. the day I can get off a of Mac and do that, I'm switching everything. So I think that is probably never going to happen. Well, um, mainly because they're so focused on removing devices from yeah. the technology equation. It's basically a Chromebook is is the idea of a laptop and the internet built into it. It's not really like an actual machine. True, and it doesn't seem like some that building an ultra powerful laptop doesn't seem very high. No, they're not. They're Google's not going to do it. I'm just imagining how great that would be. <laughs> that would be if huge. that were the case. But you know, only dream. I know the the concept of of Chrome OS when it when it came out was always like this is Chrome on a device, um, and it was more of just Google being confident that their Google apps and services could could run on its own and you don't need Microsoft Word or programs to install directly onto the device. You can actually just use these web apps in a web browser and and you would be fine. Um, and they pretty much accomplished that goal. I mean, they, they, they did really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's still really, really quick with their, you know, V8 engine and all that. Um, it's, I'd still like it. So, I think most times it does better than Safari personally. But yeah, that's... yeah. Chrome, Chrome has its hiccups, but Chrome is always going to be like a, a really solid overall browser slash platform in this case. Um, but I'm disappointed you don't like the design of it. Like I've I always... don't. I really like the ridge. Okay, maybe it's just it's new and the ridges threw me off. I was like, why? I mean, that's the like, that's the bottom. Like you're never going to see it. Yeah, it's, but like it's until I table. pick it up. Yeah, until I pick it up, it's going to feel <laughs> nice. That's a good one. I maybe have to go feel it. I don't, know. and then make my decision from there because you know. I always. But felt, I get the point. You, it's so you don't drop it. It was mm-hmm. the main point of them doing that. Okay, so I may have to like go and see, you know, how it looks and how it feels. But just off look, no. They had a, they have introduced a new keyboard, the Ultra Hush keyboard on this, which is basically a jab at Apple for making these really loud, clanky keyboards on their new butterfly switches. Um, they are quite loud. Yeah. They, they are really loud. But they're, um, the ultra hush keys, I guess I would, 
people have different ideas of what quiet keys sound like. So this guy in my office has a quiet key keyboard, but I can still hear it. Like it's not as loud as mine, but I can still hear it. So I don't know, like what is ultra hush? I mean, other than like a, a, a software keyboard, which is basically silent except for typing glass. I'm not really sure mm-hmm. what the objective is. And I hope like soft doesn't mean squishy, at least my opinion, because that's usually where that goes. That's a soft good point. Soft goes to squishy and I don't, I don't want to have to squish. Like if right. they can make the keyboard kind of like Apple has a butterfly, but make it quiet. Mm-hmm. I doubt they did, but that'd be really cool. I do, I do like the butterfly keyboard. Just, it is kind of, if you're a hard typer, you're going to hear it. Right. So. And just for like tactile purposes, being able to do it to type on a keyboard and have appropriate travel like while you're, you're typing just makes life so much better. Yeah. And so squishy keyboards are, are not, not the way to go. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, something about their hardware is always just gets me really hyped. Like seeing the Pixel books and I don't know if they do a good job. I have to like, maybe I have to, I'm going to have to go to one of these, like I'm going to have to go to Google I.O. next year because <laughs> when I think Google and hardware, I just think at some point disaster. Like it's just, it's not as yeah. smooth as, well, I can't, as Apple. It's just, it's not as, it's well thought out, but it's like, it's not executed very well. Right. Like there's not a, there's a level of precision that isn't there as opposed with Apple. Or Apple, even lately, like, they, I feel like they think about how it's like they think about the hardware first, and then fit the software in. Google does it the other way, mm-hmm. and then just like like with the first Pixel, you remember they had the issues where I think it was like the battery or like the soldering would come off of some part of the phone, and like it would like completely destroy the phone. Mm-hmm. Of course, they fixed it, but like, come on, yeah, they they've been really good at experimenting with different materials which i think um you know they've they do a really good job of um mixing materials together and making um like glass and plastic and then the frosted glass on last year's version of the pixel um i always like to see what their their next hardware revision will be because i'm always pretty impressed with the creativity that they do with some of their their devices but um the you had a you were pretty excited about the stadia launch yes yeah some it of the details on that november the 19th i'm so excited uh so yeah it comes out november 19th i believe um i saw a little video i think they had, I think they had like, like a little video of it or a little animation or something um I actually had to like walk out of the room when they were talking about it most of it but the part that i caught um, of course, trying to make it so you don't have to have a console. You can just go and use a little controller that I'll talk about in a second. And the controller is like hooked up to the cloud, I think is what they said. Yeah. It's I was the like, first cloud-based controller. Explain that to me. Um, but that was really cool. So yeah, everything's like cloud-based. I don't have to have a clunky PlayStation or Xbox or anything. I can just hook up, go to the internet and go. Um, so... That's really, really cool. I really, really want to get one. Like, yeah. I might just skip on the PS5 and all that and just go get Stadia. You know, the Founders Edition is still available for pre-order, 129 and you can get three months free for a friend. Hmm. Have to you do got that. any ideas of friends you'd want to give that trial to, Michael? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I think Stadia, we've talked about it a few times already on the show. It's it's really at this point, it's inevitable for the future. Um, as hardware gets more and more powerful, um, it's not going to be realistic to have the, that sort of power in your your home at a reasonable price. Yeah. Um, of course, people can build PCs with an unlimited budget and get the same results, but I think offshoring all of the power and the hardware and putting that in like a data center somewhere and accessing it through the cloud is probably going to be the best way moving forward to, to get the, the experience that people are looking for in the future. Yeah, and I think Google, they really... If they do it right, which I think they will, they really hit. It. They really like hit a home run this time because that's really, that's what they're good at. They're good at, hey, you need this service. Give me, I'll I'll deal with the hardware. I'll deal with the space. Here's the service. Like it's really like it's like gaming as a service. That's really what yeah. it is. Like they're really good at because they have data centers everywhere. They really have no downtime. Mm-hmm. I think they might have like maybe a second of downtime a year, maybe on like a bad year. Mm-hmm. So. They they have infrastructure that can hold that, so I really think that they're gonna do really well at that. Um, now, if it really really takes off, uh, I think I think it can still handle it. Like, if, let's say it really like goes nuts, right? I, I hope they can, more users than they're expecting. Yeah, because um, I don't really think that they plan for that. I'm sure they. I mean, not like not have. to the scale of right, like what you would think they would. Hopefully, nothing crashes, but. I'm sure they'll be able to handle it. But yeah. I, I really think they'll do a good job. I hope so. I think the concept is very it's revolutionary. Like Just being able, um, this goes back to what they said at the very beginning. Once again, like we are separating the device from the tech. And we want to decentralize that experience. And it reminds me a lot of, um, there's an interview a few years ago from one of Google's software UX designers, um, actually the lead of UX was Matias Duarte. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that everything was going to be screens. He wanted everything to be screens and the device would disappear. And our experiences would be based on um, like a television screen or like a your, your phone screen or your tablet screen or your computer screen. It's not based on like the hardware that's in it. Which at the time, this was, I don't know, just three or four years ago. And um, at the time, like cloud, we weren't as confident in the cloud as we are Without today. Without the cloud problem, you know, right. security and all that. Yeah. And so when it comes to like um, this, this Stadia experience and being able to separate the, the experience of, of gaming from the hardware and putting it on a screen, we're basically... <laughs> Chromecasting a video game, Basically. <laughs> which is insane to think about. You know, we Chromecast. Chromecast in general is just a beautiful thing. Yeah, and you think about what it does, and you're Chromecasting a Netflix movie to a screen. You don't really think about it. It's a movie, but a full gaming experience through Chromecast with apparently no no lag time whatsoever. Negative, negative lag. Negative lag. Like, like, <laughs> negative lag. How are they? That's like yeah, wild. So. I'm I'm really impressed um, with Google Stadia. I mean, obviously it hasn't launched yet, so we'll have to, you know, reserve a lot of the praise so far. But I think so far, like leading up to it, 
Um, I'm just so happy they stuck with it and didn't throw it in the trash. And are actually giving it a launch date with an actual yeah. like logo and you know, we're committing to this and okay, cool. All right, Google, I see you. Like uh trying. They stuck with it unlike Daydream. So we're hoping Stadia doesn't go the Daydream route. Please don't. Daydream was three years, four years old when it Well, died. I think they're gonna have to, because if you're gonna allocate all these resources for this, you're gonna have to do something. Yeah. Like I if they think, start, you're gonna have to keep going, at least for a while. Yeah, they've got a lot of investment in in Stadia. Um, they've got a lot of major publishing, major major publisher backing, um, like Ubisoft and EA and Two K Games. Um, though those are pretty big names in gaming, and if you're able to get the games that people want to play on your platform, um, I think people will will give it a shot. Um, so staying on Stadia and kind of segueing into the um, the environmental impact that Google's trying to make. So for the Stadia controller, they're making that out of uh, recycled plastic. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're making that yeah. out of recycled plastic. Um, like a which, water bottle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like one water bottle makes. Oh, that was no. That was, the that, was that was a nest. That but was the minis. Yeah. Oh, they use it for recycled plastic. Yeah. Just I think like other plastic things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's pretty cool. They're actually like trying to save the environment and uh, the I forgot, whoever the lady was talking. Whoever the lady was talking was like super dry. First of all. Oh yeah, um, this is the one that was sitting down. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why are she, you so dry? So like, there's a guy on the stage, and he walks off, and she comes on, and she has she like snaps, and a guy brings a chair over to her. That was a boss was move. Like, wow. And she's just looking and just like, yeah, this is the the uh, this the Pixel, but I think she did the Pixel Book Go, and it does mm-hmm. these things, and yeah, I'm like some energy lady. Come on. I do you thought, work? You do work for these people? <laughs> like, I thought she was pretty chill. She was just sitting. She's like, yeah. And I think it really speaks to just the conference, conference in general. Like, like they're just like, hey, look, you know, this is what we have. So confident. Just, it's pretty cool. I think you guys should go buy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the controllers made out of recycloplastic. I think that's really cool um, that they're trying to save the environment. Um, and she was saying that, you know, a lot of the phones that you get and you'll throw them away later and they just, they, they go in the landfill and mm-hmm. that's really not helping when you can use a lot of these plastics that we're doing to actually make the hardware. Um, so I'm glad they're trying to be, envir- to be environmentally conscious um, and take that step. Um, and she, you know, was saying that we're hoping that most companies start going in this direction of using renewable energy, renewable resources to try and make their hardware, but they've been doing that for a while. Even the data centers, yeah. they use renewable energy and they repump the water in to cool the, the um, server racks down and all that. So they've been doing this for a while. So hopefully other companies will catch up and start doing something. I agree. I think it's, it's really important for Google as uh, such a large company to really be taking a lead on sustainability efforts in technology, which has just notoriously been a wasteful industry. Um, you think about a lot of the the precious metals that used to go into or the still go into a lot of these devices for the chips and things like that, they're just thrown away and wasted every year. Um, she made a really good point about replacing your console every four or five years. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to end up in a landfill. Basically it's a lot of places have been doing a better job of recycling 
old tech parts and things like that. But, but so like not even use a console at all. It's yeah, Stadia. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. Just That's pretty cool. Eliminating that aspect of it. But I think it's also, um, I think I wrote here um, in the notes, it's like, you know, you're eliminating your problem on one part, but what's powering those data centers? And, you know, we're still using, you know, renewable energy and things like that. But um, I think there's still something behind. I don't think we're completely there yet. Um, hopefully we can, we can really get there with a, a lot of the other the companies um, following suit with making renewable and sustainable products a priority for yeah. their company, um, particularly like these tech products, um, especially like the, um, the devices that we swap out most often, like phones, laptops, and game yeah. consoles and things like that. But at least, at least they're trying. So got to give them that. Yeah. Uh, he, he talked about the controller. They designed the controller. They had a really cute video about like how they went through. We, we looked at knife handles and yeah. we wanted to make sure that we found a knife handle that was comfortable. And we literally took the knife handle and bent it into the shape of the controller. I've, everyone wants to act like they invented ergonomics. I'm like, I've seen the controller video. I've seen that video. Not literally, but I've seen versions of that video 20 times in my lifetime. <laughs> like everyone wants to think they invented being ergonomic. Um, I know for a fact that I've seen PlayStation do a controller video, like how we developed the PS4 controller, or how we developed the Xbox controller, you know, how with the natural placement of your hands. I think that's like the getting your psyche to make you play longer because like, oh no, my hands don't hurt. No. Something weird like that. I just wish they they just cut that out. And I mean, it's interesting how they came up with it, but don't act like you came up with ergonomics. Yeah. Like this is just basic. Like, just but give I me think something to they're play. trying to do that to make to make not make themselves seem, but to branch out to as many people as possible. Right. So I mean, I get it. They don't have to go so hard at it, but I understand why they're doing it. Yeah, they they mentioned. I mean, the controller looks pretty looks nice. thick, thick with two C's. And they said that it's supposed to work with uh, people with large and small hands. So I'm interested to see, you know, how comfortable it actually is. If if it's a one size fits all, which most controllers are, usually there's people on both sides of the camp that the controller is not comfortable for them. Or com- it is comfortable. So. Yeah. Uh, so staying with the um, renewable energy. Uh, let's move on to the nest. Yeah, cool things. That's that's a whole nother going that for a whole hour. Uh, I so, know the nest products. Those are were, were actually really it's cool. like wow. Like that was I think that was like next to the pixel my favorite part of the entire um, the entire event because that's like where the actual hey we're here to help you comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had something called Nest Aware at first. The first thing they talked about. The first thing I saw. Uh, it's a subscription, a subscription-based service. I think one for six ninety-nine and one for twelve ninety-nine. I think it's just six and twelve. Okay. Yeah, these like um, round numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can, um, yeah, subscribe to that service, and it will give you. I think I forgot what the six gives you. You remember what the six give you? Six gives you. It's like thirty days of replay or something like that. Yeah, and, and I think the twelve gives you like. Uh, I, like maybe 90 days. 90 days. Yeah. I, I don't remember 
the details um, for the Nesta wear. I kind of zoned out. Um, uh-huh. I was like, you know, I don't really have a use for that. Um, like I mean, if you have like system. all the, but that's like, that's the whole Nest package. Like right. you need the security and the doorbell and the cameras, yeah. Nest, the thermostat and all that. Yeah. Um, but they talked a lot about the little Nest Mini, mm-hmm. uh, which at first I was like, that looks like a Google Home. Like I'm, I'm very confused <laughs> here. Someone explain what the heck is happening. No, we, we talked about it a little bit last week about how like they rebranded all their Google Home products as yeah. Nest. I, now I remember when. Okay, now I remember. I was like, what? Okay, yeah. But like they should have. Okay, I, no, I didn't it, get it at first. I was like, yeah. what? So, like most people are going to be on that reaction where. Because I'm like, is it two different things now? Right. Okay. Yeah. They need to do something about that. It's this. It's literally the exact same product. They switched the name because I know um, a lot of people have these Google Home products, like the Minis and the, the actual Home and the Max. Yeah, because I was like, because I had the the Nest uh, Hub. I was like, is that something different than the Google Hub? Right. Like, they yeah. got. They got to do something about that. That's Google for you. Like they miss it. This is where they miss it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't just, you can't no just change an entire brand overnight, especially a brand that's been actually and expect me to not be confused. Like, right. am I buying another Google Home speaker? Like, I don't know. But that's not to take away from it. how amazing this oh, stuff no, it's is. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing I really like: you can mount it on the wall. First of all, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I got to get one of those. Someone please take my Google Mini. I'm getting one of those. And you mount it on the wall. Um, it has improved base, which is pretty cool. And the one I like the most, it has dedicated machine learning locally. In, yeah. Instead of like going and fetching a data data center somewhere and bringing the information back. That's why it takes so long. Right. Now it's like just like that. Yeah, like basic requests like timers and uh, like weather and checking things like that are, are already sort of preloaded and ready to go from just your voice commands. And they've like enlarged the, I forgot the technical term for it. It's like tech OPS or TOPS um, space so that it can fetch everything, all the necessities from the from the center, the data okay. center. Right. So right. you can pretty much ask it all the necessities and it'll right. give it to you. It's like it's front basically front loaded all of their um the most popular requests to be on the like, actual right. nest mini itself. Yes. Which is like why I mean, why didn't they do this in the beginning? I guess they were a little too confident in their their server speed and um I think their server speed just I don't know why that their server speed is good. They could they could have done it the first time. That's, I think the issue is they they all live in the Bay Area, which has like super fast internet and yeah. they don't think about the people that are in the country that don't have super fast internet and yeah. they, they can't just get queries like like instantly, they've got to, you know, wait a little bit. Yeah, and so um, I think it was a smart move on. They the, should do that. that just do that from now on. Just put it on the actual device. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, oh, I, I agree completely. Um, a word that they used a lot during this segment was ambient computing, and. I don't really know what that means. It sounds like another word for Internet of Things. That's yeah. I read I read the article of um, what they were talking about. It's basically Internet of Things. They just wanted to give it a cool name because um, Internet of Things is not a cool. But name. it's but it's like the Google Internet of Things. Right. We're like not really like they really meant like it's not it's not and it's like our version of mm-hmm. all of our Google products come together and it goes back to the point of we want to. Um, 
get rid of the actual device you're using, kind of immerse you in the software or just in the, you know, technology itself without you having to touch anything. That's pretty much, in a nutshell, that's what it is. I like that. So, um, it goes back to their, um, you know, having help out of thin air sort of philosophy that they opened with, you know, pulling help out of thin air. So, and that's like the entire, that was the entire theme of, I guess, like the, latter half of the event um, yeah. well, no, being, say, not the whole event because even the pixel it was it's in there so yeah the entire thing mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the the theme of the entire the event which i think is pretty cool and i think they they made of um a point to 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 mention that their technology works as a single system uh rather than just like a bunch of random devices that happen to work together mm-hmm. like these are intentionally designed to work together and um you mentioned a little bit about Nest aware, um, do you do you know um, a little bit? Of, can you talk a little bit about how like the Nest devices work together um, as far as like identifying sounds and using the microphones around the house to like identify? Oh yes, um, that's pretty neat. <laughs> of course, before I even went into that, they for the first thing to start it with was that whole security. Uh, What's the word? Like their little contract that they said, hey, we've updated our security. Oh, yeah, you don't have to be afraid. No need to be nervous right. about the, you know, all the little microphones. They added another microphone to the Nest Mini. Um, but yeah, they're actually using, this from what I heard, the assistant to tie all the Nest pieces together. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they bought they bought Nest, which is probably a really smart move. Um, the, the Like the doorbell and the camera, they all use assistant in some way to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um and if I, you know, say something to the, I don't know, the thermostat or something, um, or even the little Nest, the Nest Mini, if the alarm goes off in the house or if there's a dog, a dog barking or something, it will, the Nest will hear it and it will, the system will let your phone know right. that, hey, the smoke alarm went off and it'll let you hear it in real time. Right. Which is like. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. I'd buy it just for that, you know, or if the carbon monoxide alarm went off or something, it'll let you hear it in real time and it'll send you, hey, do you want to call 911? It'll give you the nearest 911 center. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all the assistant, like yeah. through and through. That's It's doing that's a, really, really a cool. lot of the legwork for you. Yeah. And oh. and even like instead of, um, you know, like for a Nest product, you can uh, say, hey, turn this lights off or something. It's that much faster, you know. Because I don't know, like the assistant is that much faster. It doesn't have to like that. You can use the assistant to turn off the lights and think like do two or three things at one time. Right. That's you can do like wild. one command to do multiple things. Yeah. Like you can set a workflow for a certain command and things like that. Yeah. Or even like when you're leaving the house or almost approaching the house, it'll turn off and do this without you having to say or do anything. I'm like, I mean, it's kind of creepy, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, leveraging their creepiness to be helpful. Yeah. It's like, it's okay if we're really creepy as long as we're doing things with that creepiness to make the, your life easier. Um, what, what really stood out to me was the Nest Aware. It uses, it taps into all of the microphone enabled Nest devices that you have in your home. And so if you're away from home, It'll identify like different noises, like um, like if your window gets broken into, it'll 
recognize that as a possible threat and it'll send you Let an you alert yeah. um, to see if it's, if it's something that needs your attention or not. I think that's um, really cool. It's super cool. And the way that they sort of position their, their whole Nest arrangement, uh, which we haven't even talked about the Nest Wi-Fi, but... Um, we can test that real quick. I mean, it's, it's, this is the Nest moment, so we can right. just throw all the Nest stuff in there. But um, they, they sort of use that entire Nest network. In a perfect world, they want you to, to feel like you're, um, you're able to walk around your house and completely control all the things in your house right from your voice, which I don't think anyone has that many Nest products in their house yet or Google Home products. But it, it painted a really nice picture and made you want to actually sort of invest in this. But personally, I'm not putting that many microphones in my house. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I would. Like, I don't. I would. Because, I mean, I'm not saying anything crazy anyway, so I don't really mind. Um, but there's something. There's. Oh, God. What did they say? I think, like, you can turn it turn the all the microphones off at one mm-hmm. time without touching anything. Yes. You can just say like turn the microphones off or something. Yeah. And or even go in the app, I think, in the home app. Yeah. And, and the, it's either in Titan or it's in I think the it's home in app. I think it's in Titan. Um but you can remotely turn off all just the microphones. Like, so there you go. Go <laughs> make no, you feel better. See, it goes deeper than that because all of this weird, creepy stuff they're putting into the Pixel 4, the radar, and all of the nest cameras and stuff like that. Google and the microphones all around your house, Google can basically pinpoint where you are in your house at any point in time. True. And so if Google were to just uh, suddenly turn to Skynet and become evil, that's a lot of information that they have. You're laughing. Like, okay. This is real. Okay. Like, dude, <laughs> okay. think about it. This is wild. Like, they know exactly where I'm at in the house between cameras, microphones, and radar sensors on your phone. I don't know. That's, I mean, but like Apple, I'm sure pretty much knows where we are. Like they just don't advertise it to you or give you the option to like customize your data. But like, I'm sure think, they know I don't where think you Apple are. Cares. Yeah, I but think they, as they long know. as they buy their stuff, <laughs> they're they're not making money. Well, I'm they, saying, but they, they have the potential to yeah. see where you are. So I mean, every every company that has they have your information. They do. If you, so I mean, what's the difference? At least now I get to like feel like at least I'm kind of customizing it and making it work for me. Because either way, they have my data regardless. They have all my browsing history. You know, you can say, oh, clear my browsing history. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I trust that they're doing it, but, you know, I can't say for sure they're actually clearing up my browsing history. I, I don't know. Or, you know, my location history searches, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, they have your stuff anyway. So, might as well make it work to your advantage. Right. You know. If they're, um, they're going to know where I'm at in the house, we talked about leveraging the creepiness and making it helpful. Is that too much creepiness for you? If that's a lot of creepiness, you have to <laughs> leverage for me. I, I better be Iron Man walking through the house <laughs> with all of that information, honestly. But I, I mean, like, I, yeah, I I like guess, the, yeah. the picture that they painted. Maybe it's just the slight cynic in me that is looking at it and I'm like... That's that's a lot of information. I mean, yeah, I can go turn off my own light. I would not put it on a lock. Like I'm locking my own doors with a physical lock. That's mm-hmm. that's as far as I'm going. The TV, okay, sure. The kitchen light, sure. Mm-hmm. The thermostat, sure. That's about it. That's that's about as far as I'm going. 
Yeah, their their stuff is super cool. Nest. Um, oh, for Nest, I forgot. You can call anybody from anywhere in the world for right. free on Duo. I mean, Duo, at least when I tried it, wasn't that great. Did they so. say, I, I might have missed this. Was it Duo or did it they Duo. say Google Globe? They said Duo. They Duo? definitely said Duo, yeah. Okay. I remember them because I remember I used to use Duo. It was it was okay. It wasn't <laughs> like used the best Duo. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's not it's not. It wasn't all that. I mean, it was. It's just a matter a of year time ago. For Duo. Um, but yeah, you can call anybody in the world for free. And let's say if I'm at work and my kids or something are at home, I can call the Nest and talk to them. Right. Okay. I mean, I guess that that works if no one has a phone, or you know, if I don't have a house phone. Yeah, I, I, when I saw that, I thought it was, I was like, wow, that's that's neat. Um, but I wasn't really sure how I would use it personally. I'm sure other people well, you know, because they're, they're, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm going to try to say this nicely. Apple's catered to a certain market, people that have the money to buy it. Mm-hmm. Android's catered to everyone else. Right. You know, so everyone else may not have, everyone may not have a phone. So they're trying to cater to everyone across the board. Um. So, yeah, it was. I think that's sort of one like of the reasons a, they did that. a roundabout way of bringing back the house phone. Um, I, I'm really not sure. I know that I have to look at the demo again because it some something didn't match with me. Like watching it, I just wasn't sure what exactly was happening. Um, with them calling the hub and who was answering the hub, or was it a speaker? Was it a um group conversation? I, I gotta look at it again, but um, that's probably not that a feature cool. I would I would use. But it is it is really neat. I'm sure someone could find. I mean, if I don't have my phone it. on me and I need to make a quick phone call, hey, call and enter my contacts you right. know, somewhere. Hey, call someone. You know, yeah. Like I said, I think it comes in handy if you don't have a phone. Like if your kids at home, they don't have their phone. Right. Most people don't have a. At least a lot of people don't have a house phone. There's a house phone, I guess. But I think. The intercom feature has that's been around on Google Homes for a couple of years now is probably something people would actually use more often than like a. See, no, that's the one I'm like. Intercom. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a '90s kid. Intercoms used to be like a cool thing. I mean, like you like, go to your friend's house and they have an intercom. You're like, whoa, you have an intercom. See, Daniel's nodding. He's like, I mean, I intercoms guess, used I mean, to be that thing, but like. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like you got some people have really big homes, and um, you yeah, yeah. Your parents can <laughs> your parents can <laughs> see. You know that's you know that's a, that's a different that's a cultural thing. walk. That's Use a, the legs <laughs> God gave you and walk. <laughs> you can do an intercom and say, "Hey, dinner's ready," uh, or "Hey, can you come downstairs real quick?" Um, personally, I've been sort of traumatized from you know parents yelling to bring me downstairs and you know bring something back upstairs or something so i think intercom would be nice for me and my family when i become a parent i would probably use that okay maybe i'm just too young but like why but anyway yeah that's it's a feature generation gap <laughs> but um yeah i have, I have google globe written and then no yeah it's definitely not google <laughs> globe it's definitely google duo <laughs> um nest aware you know, cameras, recording, video history, um, the Wi-Fi, Nest Wi-Fi is just basically their next iteration of Google Wi-Fi, which yeah. ex- is a it's an, an expander of the Wi-Fi network yeah. extender, yeah. basically. Um, which I might actually, my, my modem is crappy. I might have to 
think about that. Yeah. I, I thought it was really neat. Um, just being, having a more reliable internet connection for devices that may be far away from your router. Yeah. I'm going to try it. Did you, they showed it briefly. Did you see the little dashboard for the Google Wi-Fi? I didn't. Where it shows um, your upload and download speeds and everything like latency and ping all on like a little dashboard. You see that, on, that on sounds phone. useful because yeah. Verizon didn't have that. Nope. It's not where I can touch it. <laughs> hmm. Yep. Um, but yep, that's uh, that's the Google event. That the Google, I was grateful. I was grateful that it was only an hour long. So we're used to these two and a half hour expeditions uh, for products. Um, one small little note that I had watching the event. Um, on the on, I watched the the recording of the live stream. And I thought it was just really, really strange. Like you're watching a presentation, but then these little tiny words come up at the bottom when they're talking about a product. Did you see uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt really infomercial. You know, obviously these keynotes are um, commercials. Yeah, basically. basically. They're, they're marketing, advertising commercials. These are press events. And I just thought it was really weird whenever they talked about a product, it had this tiny little text at the bottom I don't know what it was saying, but maybe it was like some sort of small print that, you know, went along with the device. But I thought it was really, really weird. And it kind of took me out the event for a few seconds before I, you know, start paying attention again. But Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's, I guess that's the squirrel, squirrel in me. Because I paid attention the entire time. I didn't even see. You were locked in. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Google's talking. <laughs> Let me listen. Yeah. Well, I haven't. Maybe I just haven't really seen a lot of Google events recently, but I don't remember ever seeing any of those people before present anything. But I think, at least I've only usually seen Google I.O. I've not seen like the little segmented in between. So this might be. I was expecting to see like Sundar, Pichai. I don't think he does these. Like he did it for the Google Pixel because it was like the first, or I think he did it for the first and second, but like. It's already rolled him now. He he's he's too busy to Yeah. Come to these small little He's busy taking over the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now the Pixel event is wrapped up. Um do you have anything now that you're excited about? Nothing? Now that um, Pixel's out. I mean Google I.O. in May, I don't know. Like Wow. <laughs> That's a whole I know. Like six months away. So we've got a yeah, yeah, Google I.O. is always Hype. I have to go. Super hype. Um, but um, I know there's rumors that Apple will be doing an event in October, but all the signs are pointing that they may not have an event because they're starting to get delays in some of their, the hardware that they wanted to announce. But these are all rumors. Uh, Apple can do whatever they want. Whenever they want. Yeah. People will buy it. But yeah, I, don't, I haven't really looked because I've been kind of sucked into the Google yeah. Kool-Aid a little too hard this time. I'm excited um, so. for these things to hit the stores yeah. and really get a hands-on and really see what this orange looks like. Really get to see the design. and They everything. should make one of those made by Google stores again. Yeah, they and should. And put all that in there. It's a great time. because that was the name of the functions. event. The name of the event was made by Google. Yeah. But you remember the store, little pop-up stores they had? Mm-hmm. I went. They were so good. They were yeah. really, really good. I really liked it. They should, they should do one of those. Again. Uh, Best Buy has like a little Google section. Yeah. That, that's really well made. But um, 
Yeah, that's probably the closest we're going to get for a while, at least <laughs> here in, in Richmond. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Point One Update. We'll be back in a week with more news and discussion. You can find more episodes of the show, including a two-part special with our producer, Unpacking the Joker Movie, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud now. Always a huge thank you to our sponsor, Roar Audio, for the space, equipment, Ooh. and production for the show. You can follow them on Instagram at Roar underscore audio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sedward. And you can find me on Instagram at God and Jazz Forever. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. You've been updated. <laughs>